What the fuck is up, Abyss Walkers? This is Corey Gorkreis. Just want to say thank you to Payson of Two Mold for taking the time to do this interview. Planetary Clairvoyance is out. Stream it, love it, buy it, and uh, check out Two Mold when they come to your city and uh, support horror and death metal. Also check out Body Bags. Uh, it's merch by Payson uh, on Instagram. But definitely check them out. And thanks to Payson once again. And stay fucking gory, guys. Enjoy. You are listening to Phantasm, the podcast that sells horror movies and metal together with your host, Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West. Get your movie collection ready and follow along as they review the latest restoration of cult classic horror films and interview the sickest bands in metal. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Corey Gorkrest Phantasm Podcast. I'm here with Payson of Two Mold. Um, so glad to have you on, man. We've been trying to work this out for a while now, so it's uh, good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, first time we spoke, you were going to Psycho Las Vegas. Talk a little bit about that uh, show you guys played. Oh, yeah. So we played at the House of Blues mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, and it was freaking awesome, man. I had a great time. It was uh, a pretty early slot, but it was pretty packed, and um, it was great. It was super pro. We don't, we, you know, the DIY ethic has kept us in a lot of, like, smaller venues, I suppose. Right. Where we initially played. Uh, So it's just kind of surreal to play venues where it's, like, people come out to help you set up, and then you're set up in, like, two and a half minutes and ready to go so but it was really cool people seemed into it we got to see some great bands that weekend saw uh, Carcass that same night oh, I, yeah. I'd never seen Carcass before so it was incredible I can't believe those guys do what they do with uh, Les Pauls without yeah. like, no, no whammy bars no tremolo system just Bill Sears just going off Les Paul Jr. is no less yeah, smaller yeah. fretboards and then uh, we saw Misfits <laughs> like, that was something else like, right. It was great, but it was terrible. But great, you know? <laughs> terrible. yeah. But you know, you... and uh, yeah, no, it was. It was. I had a really fun time. It was like a lot of like more mainstream bands too, and it was just such. I'd never been to Vegas. Sort of a surreal place. Yeah. As a uh, Canadian, you know, you go there and there's sure. no windows or clocks anywhere, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't gamble or drink, so yeah, it was just kind of weird. And it's, you go outside and you're like dying in the heat. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a culture shock, I guess, for you. A uh, little bit, a little bit, yeah, but I actually thought it was pretty awesome. Well, we did a few shows in California after we did San Diego yeah, and Los Angeles. Yeah, LA's nice. one more, and Oakland with Mortuous, oh, we're nice. all really big fans of. Yeah. Um, so we had kind of like, kind of shoehorned that gig in. Right. Uh, it was like a little bit out of the way, but we really wanted to play with them, so. And you guys had a good time. Great band. Hell yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was sick, man. I, I liked L.A. a lot, so... Yeah, I did, uh, too. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of iconic horror movie locations there. I spent... Ooh, God, I think I spent 200 American dollars on 
on Uber that day. Just you will uh, going just to LA anyway. If you're trying to go to all these places, I mean, you're gonna spend some money. Yeah, I had like six hours, and I had actually won a fair amount of money on a Jurassic Park slot machine in Vegas. So I was like, nice. fuck it, I might as well just you know <laughs> go to the Ma- go to the Myers house and the oh the, yeah, you know oh, the, the Pasadena bush Halloween. Yeah, yeah, South Pasadena, right, right next to the uh, the bush where I took the photo. Actually, the woman who lives there came out and took the photo for me, so that was pretty sick. That's there was amazing. no street traffic, no foot traffic that day, and I was kind of panicking who was going to take my picture. Yeah. But just I walked down the street and I recognized the house, and it was uh, Pee Wee Herman's house. Mm-hmm. It's it's right beside it. I was totally, and I'm not expecting that, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, to just sort of stumble upon. I mean, I love stuff. Movies. I got kicked out of Nakatomi Plaza. I didn't really. Fox Plaza is it's, yeah. it's actually called, but right. I went in and they weren't they weren't feeling it. <laughs> I thought it'd be fine. I just went in and started taking pictures. And they were like, "You can't be here." Like, uh, you left the door open. Now, to you, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? A lot of people are in half. Of that. I mean, uh, yeah, for, like I, I could see both sides of the debate. I think some people get like a little too invested in it, but I will yeah. say. I would say yes because I watch it at Christmas. You know, if I if yeah. I want, like I don't watch Die Hard in July, so I watch Die Hard in December. Right. Um, so for me, yeah, but like the overarching Christmas theme is is not really there. Right. But I, I do watch it every December, so for me, I guess it is. Yeah. See, if movies you for know? me have anything to do with Christmas, like at all, I don't I don't like watching them any other time. Oh my god! Yeah, if I hear a Christmas song in <laughs> any month other than December, yeah. I'm Right. Losing it. Even, like, it, even if uh, it, it is Christmas and Hollis, I'm still just like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't do Die Hard right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I'm <laughs> saying I'll go through like my downloaded films or whatever. And I see Muppet Christmas Carol and I like shudder. But then in December, yeah. I'm like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, like Gremlins you know, is the but, same thing. I just, it's got yeah, Gremlins is Christmas for sure, man. There's a lot. Gremlins is pretty Christmassy though. I've seen yeah. people. No Gremlins isn't a Christmas movie. It's like you're fucked. That movie is. <laughs> I can swear on. This. I can swear on this, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, word, cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's totally a Christmas movie. Preposterous that people would disagree about that one. Yeah. But Die Hard. Yeah, I can see the debate, but yeah, I went to the building and they weren't thrilled, so I laughed. And actually, the <laughs> band we played some shows with this black metal band called Mork. Oh, I love um, Mork, dude. They're really good. Yeah, so they were really great guys. Yeah. And uh, we rolled up to the L.A. show. We played at the Catch One in L.A. Okay. And uh, we got out of the van, and they were, oh, man, what'd you, go, what'd you guys get up to today? And I was like, I got kicked out of Nakatomi, and they were like, so did we. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess they had the same idea. They thought they'd just strut in, and the security oh, wow. was like, get the hell out of here. So. Yeah. But I mean... I don't know. They must get that a lot because that is as iconic uh, a building as you can visit. Yeah. You know, uh, from film, like sure. I went to the you know I went to the Myers House and the Nightmare on Elm Street House. Yeah. Fourteen twenty, fourteen twenty eight, I believe is the address. Yeah, I went there. And I mean, I'm sure those people are annoyed too. But I figured the Die Hard building just wouldn't give that much of a shit. But they they were not stoked. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the places I went. Yeah, L.A. was cool. I want to go back and see a bunch of other cool stuff. Yeah, man. You know, there's so much to do out there, too. It's just really cool. Oh, Todd, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, had a, I, I had a really good time. And I went to, um, I should have went inside, but I was kind of just, you know, I, when I went to L.A., I went to the, it was like a Ghostbusters fan fest thing, so they had, um, 
you know, like the the cast there and all kinds of shit. It was nuts. It was at the oh night the Sony lot, so that's cool. Just being there, so much shit was filmed there. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, that's legendary stuff. I mean, that's Ghostbusters one of my favorite movies. That's a when I got to New York, I flew into Newark, and then I took the train to Grand Central, and then I was just like, all right, Ghostbusters Firehouse, let's do it. Yeah, I think it's Hook and Ladder Eight, I think. But yep. Yeah, I went right up there and. uh you know, the, the dude was sweeping outside, and he's like, you could tell I was a fan. He's like, you want to come in and touch yeah. the sign? <laughs> too? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> so it, it was awesome, man, but yeah. But walking back. Sick, dude. Yeah, walking back from the, the theater that they played, you know, they played the movie the first night, and walking back, you pass the hotel, you know, that was like the Cedric Hotel, essentially. It's like the Biltmore or something, and they have the the ballroom from the movie, like the interior of that. Oh, yeah. It, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Slimer's first appearance. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was cool pretty, as shit. Pretty sick. Yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, I met I met uh, Dan Aykroyd, which was insane, because he's like my favorite person. So that was uh Yeah, cool. he's awesome. He's a very eccentric guy. I yeah. watched a uh, documentary that he made on UFOs probably 15 years ago and I was on the way to Quebec City to see a show and I had that on my laptop and that was interesting but yeah. oh, I yeah. do know he has a he has very interesting specific names and uh, uh, oh, all, all the things in Ghostbusters like all the devices yeah he has them all named and they all have their own uh, you know things they do like it's just very more involved than I had imagined as a kid right so I watched yeah. him speak about that stuff once I thought that was pretty cool because I was obsessed with like PKE meters and yeah. proton packs as a kid you know the idea <laughs> of the nuclear accelerator it's just so oh, cool as a trap so yeah, yeah he's awesome and actually you know a lot of that stuff scientifically is like pretty accurate you know of course it's not yeah it was exactly it but, yeah yeah so, you know, he's got like two, I think he's got a tank or two in his backyard. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He's just Interesting. a cool motherfucker. Another, another Canadian legend. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. He's, he's cool as shit. But, um, well, before we get back into all the, the cool uh, nerd shit, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. Planetary Clairvoyance a little bit. Uh, came yeah. out back in July. You guys have pretty much taken off since, honestly. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, attention from you guys, and I, I really enjoy the album, and, you know, I've been a fan since, you know, um, early on, so it's good to see you guys oh. catching yeah. ground, yeah, you know. Yeah, people seem to uh, enjoy it, and that's great. We're all pretty thrilled with the response. It's really cool, and it did come out pretty quickly after Manor. Like yeah. Just, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches, and Derek had written a lot of songs, and mm-hmm. we were all down to, you know, work on them together and Max is a machine our drummer vocalist so <laughs> yeah. you know you can throw a riff at him and he'll have this insane drum beat in seconds he's just kind of a savant with these <laughs> metal drum patterns so right. yeah it came together pretty fast and uh, I do think it's a lot more polished than the last one but we definitely like worked really hard on it you know for it was a real very intense uh, three months or so as far as like jamming and writing solos and stuff so I was working on it every day because I, I love Manor but it, there's parts that I think could be better on, on my end I don't want to criticize anyone else's performance but right. um, so for I think for Planetary I was really focused on knocking it out of the park we all were for sure but yeah. I definitely got a little uh, isolated as far as writing 
sure. my leads and whatnot. And you know, I was a little more careful recording, a little more concerned about the, the, the tone. And I think the album comes off a bit clean, like not too clean, but cleaner. Yeah. Um, you know, I listen to Manor. I still love it, but it's uh, they're different beats for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, pe- people seem into the record. Good, yeah. I feel like it feels like it's been out for longer than a few months. Or yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. You know, but I think uh, a lot of people dig it. It's on, I've seen already, and including mine at least, it's on a lot of people's top albums of uh, 2019. So it's been yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty stoked on that. Decibel put up their top 40, and yeah. we're uh, number five, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. We're in some pretty good company. I think a couple of my favorite records are are on there too you know I really loved uh, I really loved that Crip Sermon record yeah 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 we'll see that on there that's great. I mean that record sounds awesome and yeah. then the, obviously that Blood Incantation record yeah just, they're they're ridiculous next level oh yeah oh man it's good yeah uh, I was I like Star Spawn but I think this was the one where I was like wow like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and we just I just saw three of us were uh, we went to see them live they came here with uh Immolation. They just played here, and yeah. man, they're killer live. So pretty cool to finally see them. Great band. So that was sick. And that's one of my favorite records of the year. Amongst you know, there's a few others that stood out that were pretty sick, but those were the ones that were on the list with us that were pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was great. To, I was totally honored to be on that list. I think we were like number seventeen or eighteen last year. So yeah. up to number five. That's <laughs> pretty cool. But yeah. I mean, we were. I, my head exploded last year when they said. Manor was on there. I wasn't expecting that at all. So, right. pretty wicked. Yeah, man. And um, let's talk about some of the tracks here on Planetary. Um, yeah. Just uh, what are some of the ones that really stick out? You like playing live on there? Oh, the middle of the record. The two songs we play them both live. We uh, have taken the opening with uh, Infinite Resurrection. That's the. Oh yeah. Uh, is that the second song on the record? I'm just worrying, my mind fourth song. Yeah. Fourth song. Yeah. The, yeah. After the after the interlude. Yeah. The, the, my apologies. No, you're uh, good. Infinite Resurrection and uh, and Accelerated Phenomena are my two favorites. Yeah, they're great. Um, and Derek wrote the lyrics to Infinite, and Max wrote the lyrics to Accelerative. So it's cool. They're kind of. I feel like they're kind of weird companion pieces to each other. It's right. really like the meat and potatoes of the album. Not to sell any other part of the record short, but I right. feel like that's like the. They're both crazy songs. Um, Infinite kind of came together at the last minute, but yeah, that, I love that song. I think it's got a real good hook, and that was a song where I uh, I've been playing guitar for quite a while, but I'm I'm like a bit of a shredder in the fact that like I play a lot of trend picking, a lot of notes really fast, but uh, like my weakness has always been playing like slow and making it sound good. Yeah, <laughs> like I kind of I'm, I'm I can play a lot of notes fast and it's cool but it's just kind of like I don't know that was the first song where Derek was like hey you should do a lead maybe in this part and I was like yeah it's kind of slow but then I was like this is my chance to write a lead that doesn't sound like everything else I've done and <laughs> I wrote something it took a long time and I, I'm super happy with it so I'm always really happy live to get to that part and play it Yeah, um, you know it's, it feels good and it was kind of like a little bit of a uh, accomplishment for me because it was something uh you'd ask me like five years ago I was like I don't know if I can write a good solo that's melodic and slow so uh, <laughs> yeah I was stoked about that and uh, that was a really fun one to record too um, Derek's solo at the end of that song it's, it's the harmonized one it kind of sounds like it's uh, probably my favorite part of the whole record 
the last like 30 seconds yeah. of that song. Derek Solo is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's good shit. It just sort of takes off. It's really like the soaring lead. Uh, Max's vocals are double tracked under it too, so it's just super powerful at the end. Yeah. Uh, and that was a song that I liked, and I, I didn't love it till I heard it finished recorded. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was, uh, if you would ask me during the recording, like, I would have been like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> but, like, we got, it was done. I was like, god damn, that song's sick as hell. Yeah. And then the next one, Accelerative, is, is quite long. Um, but it's got that the opening riff and the closing riff, which I always really like if it's done properly. There's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on between the two. Yeah. And then me and Derek both have leads at the end of that song. And uh, I love the last, yeah, I've been there that song or so. And that's a song where. <laughs> Uh, a lot of oh we play in drop B there's yeah. a lot of like open notes in that one uh, like chuggy parts and yeah. that's the one where there's a part that Steve uh, kind of uh, dictated where Max's vocal should go there's a breakdown near the end that's like pretty dumb like yeah. real knuckle draggy <laughs> and uh, Steve had this idea like Max you should punctuate your vocals with the, the sort of the stabs that we're doing on guitar we're like chugging and then hitting the Six, fifth, and eighth frets. So Steve, our bass player, was like, "Oh, you should do the vocals here." And when that, another thing, when that was done, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. So it sounds crazy. It just sounds so fucking monstrous. So that was a good call. It was one of those like studio magic kind of gold mistake type things. Where Steve yeah. was just like at the last last minute, like, "Why don't you put your vocals here?" And it worked. It's I'm so yeah. Those two, I'm. I'm really happy with I love the whole record but the middle is, and the middle is what we've taken to playing live too and yeah it's, it, those are really fun songs to play um, we played them all on our we did a couple tours this year and we played both those I think pretty much every show yeah usually open with infinite and close with accelerative or uh, uh, we played second last but yeah man that's two of the songs I can talk <laughs> about other ones if you'd like but yeah, I mean, you know, um, I love uh, Cerulean Salvation's good. and uh, That's know. a very different song for us. I think that was the first one that Derek ever went and showed us. We were like, different. You know, the intro is very melodic. Yeah. Uh, a little subdued, uh, you know. Uh, Derek loves Cynic, and I think you can definitely hear that, <laughs> that song. Yeah. I feel like that's our most sort of, like, maybe accessible song as far as that kind of thing goes his melodies in it are really strong and kind of punchy yeah. um, it does get heavy, super heavy I feel, I feel like by the end that's a song I have a tapping solo in mm-hmm. and uh, it's another one of my favorite parts of the record because I was just really stoked to hear that finished and it took a lot of tries because I really wanted to get it as fast as I possibly could Yeah. Um, and it sounds, sounds nuts so that part's super fantastic part's super fun to play live but I gotta watch Max when I do it because it's very easy to lose my place and then I can yeah. fuck the whole song up if I, if I do it wrong but right. yeah that's that's a cool song that came out that was one of the first two songs written for the record came out on a uh, tape that we did with the song Planetary Clairvoyance so those were the first two tunes written for the, the yeah. album and I, I initially I don't think we were even gonna put Cerulean on the record but um that was sort of going to be like the extra song on the tape but we all were pretty attached to it and fit in really well right near the end especially going into that last song on the record Heat Death the yeah. mostly the predominant instrumental so yeah I just love the, the whole flow of it it's really you know the flow is nice I think it flows 
better than Manor for sure. Not Manor feels more like a collection of songs. This feels more right. like one kind of one kind of long song. You know, and a yeah. lot of my favorite records are, are feel like you know one kind of long song. So I'm quite happy to uh, yeah, exactly to have a record that really flows like that. I think it, yeah, I do think it works well. I think yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> And the, the, the artwork I love, too, of it. Who did the art? For oh, the art was, the art was amazing, yeah. Uh, both the, uh, the insert and the album cover are just wild. Yeah. Uh, we saw the album cover, funny enough, um, the artist Jesse Jacoby. He goes by a Pit of Bones on Instagram. There's okay. a lot of art like that, if anyone wants to follow him. It's sick. But um, he sent us what he had done for the cover, and I think he was like, yeah, I still have a ton of work to do. I forget, he, I think he had a number. He was like, once they put 20 more hours on, it'll be done or something. And <laughs> we were all like, dude, this this already looks done. Like, if he had told me this was the finished product that he was showing us, I would have been like, great. Yeah. So definitely an insane amount of work went into that cover. Yeah. Um, and it looks crazy. So and it's, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like a nice... Uh, Again, with like companion thing, it's kind of a nice companion to Manor, where Manor's a lot of bright, kind of you know, gross orange and brown yeah. colors. And this is more cool tones with you know the green logo and then all all blues and black. So they look cool together for sure. They have similar composition as far as like the way that the the layout is done. Yeah. And then all the insert stuff for Planetary was done by uh, Shogun Kinetics, I think mm-hmm. Lucas, and. Uh, he did a ton of work for us upon reheat when he we sent him the lyrics mm-hmm. and he uh, he did a lot of drawings based on the words and they came out fantastic there's a couple that we, we've actually used a couple sort of cannibalized them in a way to make t-shirts yeah but uh, there's a couple that are just incredible man that they could like it's almost a shame we couldn't have like a we did have a booklet for the tour version of the uh DLP, yeah. where it was like um, the first 200 copies, or our 200 copies came with this book that we had made and his art's a little more featured in that but there's a couple small squares from the LP that I almost wish were just inserts on their own just because the art is so bonkers yeah, so, yeah man, we're, we're very happy with the, the package, like how it looked I think it came together really well yeah, that's why it's important you know, still buy physical media and stuff because they put so much work into it and Oh, absolutely. That's one Especially of the best parts. Yeah. yeah, I grew up buying CDs and, and tapes. Yeah, me you know, too. 34, I'm 34. Yeah. And I, uh, my first, you know, couple records and things were all CDs. So when I got into punk, you know, and, and you know, and metal, the idea of, you know, buying a used Metallica LP on eBay or whatever, I, I was in love with just even the, I had a shitty record player, but it was just so cool. <laughs> get the record and, and look at it. Same. I remember I bought a I bought a Hyrax LP yeah. uh, band, mm-hmm. and uh, and oh, I was just in love with it, man. It was so much cooler than just like a, a tape or a CD. It had this right. giant. You just you just listen to it. And you stare at the cover. Yeah. Um. And I remember. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of picture discs, and I think picture disc was the way my Napalm Death Scum was a picture disc. And yeah. So were one of my the only Cannibal Corpse LP I had, I think maybe eating back to life was yeah. a picture disc and I remember being annoyed because like yeah the <laughs> record looked cool but didn't have an insert you know just you kind of felt like a little bit yeah. yeah it was like a little bit of a cop out so it was always cool to get like a record with a really great package like uh, 
like a neurosis LP or something like yeah. that where it felt like I could dissect the record for days as I listened to it so yeah I mean to put the, our record out you know if anyone we put that tour booklet out and the idea of like a 17 year old flipping through that book and being stoked on it is the exact kind of thing that I'm really thrilled about you know yeah. I had a good time on, on tour actually you know talking to a lot of younger people who were coming to the shows and uh, just reminded me a lot of myself you know people that were just not jaded you know uh, <laughs> like like you know yeah. just stoked just on music and you give them recommendations and they take up their phone and write it down and oh, yeah. it was just cool the kind of thing and it's very inspiring too because sometimes like, it's easy to forget you know how much you used to like, really before you really knew a lot about music and you wanted to learn it was just like yeah. this you were just starved for this stuff, so... It's different yeah, now, too. It, it, you know. I'm sorry? It's different now, too, because, you know, I used to yeah. just read magazines. Before I even heard the band, I would uh, be like, oh, they look pretty cool, and, you know, you'd, you'd oh, see their, yeah, the their album covers the and stuff. you just buy an album based on its cover, like, oh, that looks sick, yeah. you know? And I you did just... that with uh, Cradle of Phil and Iced yep. Earth. Yeah, uh, fucking Iced Earth. Those are bands yeah. I, 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 yeah, I had never heard of you know, I think even yeah. the first In Flames record I bought, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't. I probably would have bought the CD at the time. Same with uh, Mr. Bungle. Yep. Um, yeah, because, I love and that. And that cover. was I, I like I knew it was one of the guys from Faith No More who I liked. Right. You know, um, and the cover just looked. It was that album California, and the cover mm-hmm. was just so kind of n- like normal that I was yeah. like I need to hear this record like everyone <laughs> told me this band is crazy and that was before you could I couldn't go to YouTube or I right. couldn't even go to like Na- it wasn't even on you know Napster yeah or whatever, the internet wasn't was you- a source yet, yeah you know. oh yeah I remember downloading uh, a song like Twisted Mass of Burnt Decay you know and I was <laughs> like I downloaded I downloaded it off LimeWire for yeah. three days yeah um, I'd get home from school like Wednesday afternoon and be like oh man I hope that autopsy song is done like <laughs> that'll be now kids are like experts on this stuff, which is great. I think. I mean, yeah, it's cool. The, the, the only the only issue I have with it is that sometimes you can sort of move really quickly through media in today's day and age. Yeah, you don't really. It seems like uh, you don't have time. I really. I'm sorry. It seems like you don't have time. Like people just discover so much shit at yeah. once. Yeah, I just yeah. remember obsessing over stuff. You know, yeah. like because that's all I had. I would spend thirty dollars on a CD or I'd order a record. Mm-hmm. You know, for even more money, I had to send money orders on eBay to buy records, or I'd yeah. send them to like punk labels in the states or whatever. Or I'd buy like a, you know, Ramones or Megadeth reissue. You know, yeah. I'd buy or buying like a So Far So Good So What off eBay, and just yeah. I hadn't heard that, and I hadn't heard it. Like I, I had the Rusted Peace CD, and I loved it, but I hadn't heard the first couple. My buddy lent me the tape of Killing It's My Business, like. Yeah, I still remember how blown away by mechanics I was. I was like, "Well, dude, this is Horseman! <laughs> like, what the fuck?" Yeah. But I couldn't even I couldn't even look it up on the internet at the time. So, yeah. uh, but it was fun. It was like kind of like discovering, you know, discovering things at your own pace like that it was really cool. Um, and then, of course, everyone has like things they miss. There were like lots of bands I didn't hear till I was older. You know, yeah. I always tell my friends like I didn't even listen to Misfits till I was twenty. Yeah. Because a, bu- a bully I didn't like at school had a Misfits hoodie, so I just assumed the band was shitty. <laughs> I, and when I heard it, I, when I heard it, I was like, "This is amazing! Like, I can't believe how good this is!" Like, yeah, I thought this band was gonna suck because that guy, you know, used to punch me in the head all the time. 
like, fuck that crazy. guy. <laughs> yeah, true. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but the band's all right, you know. But, yeah, I can see that where I just wouldn't even yeah. fuck with it for a while. Yeah, oh, totally. It was the kind of thing where I, when I finally did get to it, I was like, whoa. I mean, I'm sure it's happened to people with bands like Black Flag, too, where they're just sort of like, oh, yeah. look at some of those big bands. It's probably stupid or whatever. And they <laughs> discover it and end up actually really liking it. Same with, like, same with early Metallica or early Megadeth or, you know, any of those bands, you know? I, well, I knew of Metallica from, like, Enter Sandman and then I bought Load or something. You know, yeah. I didn't know how good they were for a few years. Um, you know, same with Megadeth. My, my mom liked the song Symphony of Destruction, so then it was, I had to work backwards from there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those bands would have members of other bands, and then I remember seeing Death Music video on... Yeah. Like our Canadian music station, they had like a metal show that between like twelve and one a.m. on Saturday, and I would nice. watch it. And if I if I could stay up, and that was where I heard death, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but it's it's definitely different now. But I still think it's cool, and like I kind of wish I'd heard a lot of these bands when I was younger. Yeah. Um, than I actually, than I actually was, you know. But I guess it doesn't matter. Right. End up in the same place every time. <laughs> in the digital age now and it, you know I don't know how different it is you know I keep up with stuff as much as everyone else but it was just you know going from having things like MTV when it was cool or any kind of you know uh, TV that would actually play blocks of like music videos to get stuff out there because you would have yeah oh, totally you would have yeah. that then you would have you know the record store so you can actually physically see CDs and pick them out and listen to them there or you have the magazines to kind of do it now. You kind of have more of a, you know, I guess on the internet it's the same kind of thing where if you get into one thing you can kind of see everything else kind of laid out. True. And uh, word true, of true. mouth too. And, and you have access to the music videos which lead you to, you know, suggestions to all these other bands. So I guess in a way it's kind of more accessible. And, you know, but Yeah, it's, 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 it's more accessible for sure. But, you know, uh, I guess it's just a... Uh slightly different time I mean yeah. I think it wasn't until old like I didn't know I think the death video I saw as a kid that I liked was uh, Lack of Comprehension yeah from uh, Human mm -hmm. and uh, that was when Paul Massadol was in the band yeah I'm so it wasn't and I, then I heard Cynic much later much yeah. later and then I went back and I was deaf oh shit Paul Massadol's <laughs> on this method it's fucking crazy yeah um, yeah it was a lot of members of things is how I discovered bands as a kid too right it was the same yeah. as you hear a band like Terrorizer and see who was in it you know it was pretty sick yeah <laughs> it's definitely different now but it's still cool and I talked to a lot of really cool young kids when we were on tour that you know just uh you know, you can just see the passion. Metal inspires the passion in, in people that you don't see in every kind of music. Right. You see it in a few, but there's something about metal. Metal's sort of in a weird class of its own. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but you have these people coming up at the show, and it's just that these metal bands just consume. It's like they live it. You know, there was some guy comes up to me at some show we played in, Oh my god! I don't even remember where we were somewhere in the Midwest, and he's like, "Oh, I drove up with my son from Florida, and you know, he bought our CDs or whatever, and took photos with us." And he's just like this total, you know, metal warrior, just traveling <laughs> everywhere. 
Yeah. Just to see these bands, you know, you go, I heard your records, so I saw your plans, so I wanted to come see you, and it's just, it's cool too, and for, you know, for the, you know, people always do all metal, it's scary or whatever, you know, like <laughs> my coworkers and my parents and stuff, well, yeah. my parents are pretty cool about it, but, you know, you meet some of the nicest people at these shows, it's, it's wild, yeah. you know, and you have a lot in common with them, so it's, it's pretty sick, and it's always humbling to have someone come up and be like, hey, I spent money on your music and I love it like that'll never get old for me I oh mean, of course especially as like a guy like I had I had a moment that I was really thrilled about these two guys came up when we played Maryland Death Fest yeah and took uh, they, we were like setting up on stage and they took photos of my pedal board which is nothing special oh. it's just five pedal stage for two more and I was like so happy because I was like I'm that guy like, <laughs> I've, done that so I've gone to see so many bands and just walked into the stage before they started just like put my phone up and just snapped a picture I still do it if yeah. I can um, you know I when we were watching Immolation I, I was just like oh, I wonder what they're using and I'm like trying to crane my neck to see what's on their board just for fun yeah. cause, so that was that was really cool for me I was pretty happy with that that's awesome yeah I was actually at Maryland and I missed you guys and I was so pissed but uh, oh that show was crazy that, yeah. that was one of the best bets we've ever played I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was a really, it was a decent sized room too. And yeah. uh, as we started, kids were just going off. Was it a sound stage? Sometimes you can play. Sorry. Was it sound stage you guys played? I think so. It was yeah. a mortician played there. The yeah. Same, they played the same venue the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought it was really. We had a really great time, but as soon as we started, I was like, "This is going to be bonkers!" Like, yeah. people were feeling it. And then people were just diving. Because at metal shows, you don't necessarily always see stage dives. Um, you know, sometimes the crowd looks looks very, uh, I don't know, sometimes the crowd just is kind of focused and standing yeah. still and having a good time. But these people wanted the party. So it was uh, it was cool. Someone unplugged my pedal board like two or three times, which sucked. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. Like, yeah. just about to play a solo and some kid, like, trips over it. But... <laughs> That's the way it goes, you know. It's, I've been that guy. I'm sure I've stepped on somebody's pedalboard when I was trying to do a flip off stage. So. Yeah, yeah. That was my third time going to Maryland. It's that room is always like that. It's uh, nuts. So it's yeah. It was it fun. was really cool. That was my first time, and uh, we saw some really good bands in that same venue that night. Uh, Drop Dead played. Yeah, uh, which was cool. Like I've like Drop Dead. Yeah, I saw them. Um, I think I got yeah, there they, after you guys played. I don't remember, but yeah, we played pretty early, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw a lot of cool bands. It, it was sick, man. I was thinking uh, there's some great bands playing MDS this year too. No, oh, yeah. I guess next year actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have to pop down. Hell yeah, yeah, and I I did buy a, a t-shirt from you guys, so that was that was worth it. I'll say you're, uh, yeah, you're. I was like, I missed them, but I'm gonna buy a fucking shirt because you guys have a probably some of the coolest merch, honestly, right now. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, I like our shirts a lot. I, uh, you know, we did those album cover shirts, those look totally nuts. And we have our homie in, uh, Pittsburgh prints most of our stuff, and they yeah. always come out really good. So, Steve has really taken to our bass player, he does a lot of like the designing of the he does a lot of the design chooses the colors and stuff and yeah. he's where he works and he works in like promotional products and I work in 
uh, screen printing myself. So nice. it's all, I'm all, we're always stoked on shirts and stuff. So um, yeah, no, thanks, man. I, I I do like our merch. It's it's, it's pretty all right. <laughs> yeah, and as far as you know, the the color coordination and the. Uh... I like that a lot of people are on the, the long sleeve thing now again, you know, where they got the logo yeah, oh, and stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. The long sleeves are, are sick as hell. Um, they just look cool. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just good. And it's like, especially like, you know, you can't necessarily wear them in the summer depending on where you live, but it's all right. like in the fall, I just wear a different long sleeve. Every I wear day. them all year oh. round. I'm a long sleeve with shorts kind of dude, you know. And, uh, right on. So I, yeah, I've seen I've seen your type. It shows. <laughs> yeah, just pile them on in the winter, you know, and then wear yeah, them all man. year. I got the uh, yeah. I think it's Infinite Resurrection shirt. You know, it's uh, oh, cool. got the red logo on. It. It's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. That that I think that work was done by the Shogun Kinetics uh, Lucas, the guy who did all all of our insert work and a lot of the booklet work for the new LP. Yeah, and he's uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love his stuff. I love anyone that can do a, a one color design. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I find sometimes detail gets lost in one color. Like I, I love multicolor prints and multicolor art, obviously. But if you can do like an engaging one color piece of art yeah. that doesn't just look like cookie cutter, then <laughs> I'm usually pretty intrigued. And his stuff's very cool. Yeah. And you guys have yeah. one of the the best uh, logos, I think, in death metal currently. It's just really nice. Oh. Yeah. The, the, Thank you. Yeah, it, it's, it's legible, but not too legible. Right. I, uh, That's what you want. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I like it a lot. We, we changed it a bit. It became slightly more legible upon like the redraw, but yeah, uh, I think the I think there was it was a major improvement because there was a little bit of asym asymmetry that I uh, drove me nuts, and it's gone. <laughs> than that. Yeah. And I realized it's a it's a metal logo, but yeah, uh, you know, so it doesn't have to be perfectly symmetrical but I, I do love this current incarnation of the logo I think it looks sick yeah it looks good on merch it looks good on the album in, in that green color and you know there's a one shirt I saw where it was like kind of like a like a you know it's like a blue color it's almost like a icy looking color it's really nice on there mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's, it's nice to have a good logo too it just looks really sick. yeah no it, it doesn't hurt it's funny because metal kids We'll see the logo and they're like, "Oh, Tumble!" They know it right away. Even exactly. before it was, even before it was a recognizable logo, people could read it. Metal dudes, yeah. And then normal people <laughs> see it. They're like, "There's no way that says." Tumble. Oh yeah, when I wear I'm my like, shirt, they're just like, "What?" They're like, "I'm trying to read what it says on there." And I'll be like, "Tumble." Yeah. They don't usually people don't hear those two words put together in their lifetime, probably. True. So they're True. just kind of like, they're like, "What?" What? And I'm like, tomb yeah. mold. And they're like, tomb but mold? It is, it, is, <laughs> it is funny because I point out the logo. I say, you know, here's the, here's the M. And, yeah. here's the, <laughs> and I, I show it to them and then I'm like, but, you know, if you guys think this is illegible, I will show you some far less, like, well, let's just break out some black metal logos, yeah. you know. Or, or blood incantation. Like, yeah, I mean, you can't even. Oh, the blood incantation one is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I'm not even going to try to find a logo in that. I yeah. mean, I'm sure it's there. It's a cool logo. <laughs> Definitely a thick logo, but yeah. yeah just... Not not easy to read. And there's some black metal ones that are almost a joke. You know, I've seen that. Oh, there's bad ones, but, too. Oh, I've seen that. You, you know the Wolves in the Throne Room one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing that and just being like, this looks like a <laughs> algebra equation or something. Like, there's no way there's a letter in here. 
yeah. it was so like neat and tidy so it was it was quite different but yeah it's like that meme where it's like a pile of sticks or something or like exactly lines yeah or something it's I, like, I like to be able to to maybe not read it instantly but i like to be able to if i hear the name i want to see it the logo so right. the ones that are just messes i'm not usually yeah stoked on but there's some of those black metal ones are just beyond the beyond <laughs> And I like some of the old school ones, like Morbid Angel or like Death or. Uh... Obituary at my favorite. Yeah, Obituary's like got a good one. Yeah, the O and the Y with the big T in the middle. Of yeah. And they did yeah, on the new the album. They put like the the alligator in there. I thought it was kind of cool, you know. The, and the wings. It's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. rules. Logos are definitely intriguing, and uh, you know, it grabs the attention. So when you're walking around with the shirt, even if people don't listen to it, they're gonna know. They're gonna know what the shit is, so it's kind of. Cool. They're gonna, they're gonna know you fly the flag. Yeah, right. I, I have a lurker of chalice shirt. Yeah. You know, like, and that logo is just like <laughs> ridiculous. So yeah. I can, I can see it in there now. You know, it's, uh, I could definitely make it out, but it, uh, people are always like, "What the fuck is on your shirt?" <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, that's a pretty nutty one. Yeah, man. And uh, Zaster have a crazy one too. Zaster yep. did a split with Nort, mm-hmm. and I remember purchasing from Southern Lord. Yeah. Uh, in the early 2000s, and I remember looking at the Zaster logo and being like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got to fly it, man, and, and you know, yeah, be proud. Absolutely. Um, the last thing I want to do, we'll talk about horror movies for a minute because I know you're you're the horror yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm a big horror fanatic. I suppose is the right word. What are and some you are of your, also, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's part of what we do here on Phantasm. We kind of try to bridge them together. Cause, you know, horror and metal go hand in hand very, very easily. And, you know. Oh, yeah, um, no question. Haven't ran into too many people. There's been a couple awkward interviews where I'm just like, you're into horror movies? They're like, no, actually. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, I, I can know. see that being like a little bit of a. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what movies do you like? And then, you know, the. Uh, we were talking about Bobby from uh, Overkill, and we actually talked about Goodfellas for like 15 minutes, so that was fun, actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty dead, <laughs> yeah. important film. That's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. For a while. We actually and had a lot of fun. Goodfellas, he probably likes Taxi Driver, he probably likes to see now, and he probably yeah. likes to you know, so it's like you can Scorsese go for that. shit, yeah. Um, so that, that was fun, but, you know, sometimes you get a couple that are just like, no, nah, I really don't, I, just, I don't even watch movies. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, oh uh, man! If someone doesn't watch movies, I can't. I was it Wolf, Wolf Hoffman? <laughs> Wolf Hoffman from Accept was the worst one because from Accept. Yeah, because he hated horror, and I was like, dude, you you were on the Demon soundtrack, and he was like, you know, we did that, but we really hated it. We thought the movie was stupid, and it just crushed my soul. Oh my I was God. like, man, dude, like you're killing me right now. And he went on this whole tirade about how much he hated horror movies. I was like, dude, it's like <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, the, I, I Demons is up. amazing. I know. It's crazy. It's so good. You got fucking dudes on goddamn motorcycles in the fucking theater. Oh, uh, the they're last, playing except the it's so half, good. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I love that. The last half hour of Demons is special, man. That Demons is kind of like something I throw on when I'm like cleaning the house. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I just, I just like to have it on in the background. Demons, uh, Demons Two, I think is just good. Yeah. I really, I would put them on the same level. I. I saw Demon 2 first, actually, because I worked at a video store when I was a teenager, and we didn't have Demons. Uh, nice. 
we had a VHS copy of Demon 2 I was like fuck it I might as well watch it <laughs> we also had Night of the Demons the yeah. Lane Quigley trilogy oh yeah those I'm not I'm not over the moon about those yeah um, but they're but, campy uh, they're very know. campy yeah but I, I you know I, I like some, some pretty campy stuff but but Demons 2 I, I, maybe it's because I thought first but I do like it just as much as Demons 1 yeah. uh, and that Demons was directed by uh, Bava Lombardo Bava yeah but, and yeah, his dad is obviously a pretty crucial dude. Made oh, some yeah. legendary shit. I mean, I think I saw Demon Two before I saw like Bay of Blood, though. Right. So I definitely saw <laughs> things out of order. You know, that the, the, I should have watched the Mario uh, stuff. I yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen anything of his actually. I think yeah. the first of his I probably saw was uh, probably Bay of Blood. Yeah, I guess. And, and, you know, it's fantastic. There's there's that kind of gray area as far as horror goes when you're sort of um, going into the 70s where yeah. it's like movies are in color and they're a lot more violent Yeah. but uh, you know I remember seeing A Night of Living Dead was one of the first I saw mm-hmm. you know uh, because it was kind of on TV all the time it's pu- public domain film Yeah. so uh, you could just put it on and I saw that and that was that came over the time when color was actually very very vogue so it was kind of weird to make a black and white film but it was so cheap right. um, and then I probably saw like Black Sunday or something yeah. you know which is fuck man that's one of my that's that's probably my favorite movie Baba made yeah I would think you know I'm trying to think of what else he did but I, I think that's my favorite yeah, uh, he, he made that and he made he made uh, Black Sabbath and Blood yeah. and Black Lace and those are awesome he made a lot, actually. I don't think I've seen. I haven't certainly haven't seen everything. I think he did Mountain um, of the Cannibal God, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And fuck, I, yeah, Bay of Blood's obviously like yeah, staple, pretty crucial one. So, and then yeah, his son did Demons. I'm not sure what else he did though. Uh. But, no, he did another big one. I'm not thinking of Lombardo Bava. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not sure either, but yeah, for, for for horror for me, oh, I like uh, my favorite. My favorite horror movie is The Thing, which is like pretty basic answer, but yeah. like it's perfect. It's a ten out of ten. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people go to that one, and I think the reason being is because um, it's just so good as far as like the horror and sci-fi element, but it's just so nasty and I don't think anything has ever come close to that you know yeah the, the special effects are totally bonkers the, the middle is just because it's a slow burn at the first and once it ramps up it's just yeah, unstoppable it's relentless it's totally totally amazing like start to finish interestingly it's a remake of course which people right. like to point out because there, there are so many subpar remakes out there I believe we're getting another Black Christmas remake in about a month and it yeah it's PG-13 PG-13, which Ugh. isn't necessarily a death set, but to me, have you seen the film The Skulls? No. It's, uh, the Skulls is like some bullshit suspense, <laughs> you know, too early 2000s movie about, like, uh, uh, evil sorority. Yeah. You know, these, these, these guys in the, sort like, ancient society in the sorority. Oh, yeah. The Black Christmas remake, I saw the trailer, and when it started, I was like, is this The Skulls? Like, did they remake The Skulls? <laughs> doesn't look like it has much in common with, with the original Black Christmas at all. Right. Um, with the whole Billy character, which is like, 
you know, top shelf, Black Christmas, top shelf movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, it's all, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, it's all, it's almost as good as Halloween. They're, right. they're closed for me, those two. There's yeah. also the Canadian connection. Black Christmas, uh, the house from the film is just uh, not very far from where I live. So. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that movie rules. But, I mean, my, my favorites, yeah, I like the 80s. Uh, I'm a huge Dario Argento fan. Yeah, my second favorite film of all time is not a horror film, but Once Upon a Time in the West. Really? Uh, with Charles Brooks and Henry Fonda and Claudia Cardinale, and that is written by Dario Argento. Right. Which is, his, I think, his only non-horror film that he wrote. Um, and that is, for my money, like the best climax in a film ever. Um, it's mind blowing. So he did that. That film's from 1968. So that's two years before he did Bird with the Crystal Plumage, mm-hmm. and then I guess the full nine years before he did Suspiria. Yeah. Um, Suspiria also being my favorite Argento. Again, Opera's not far behind. I think Opera's totally underrated. Yeah, I think underrated. that's one of the movies I watch it every year, at yeah. least once. Um, but Suspiria is, I think Suspiria's an uh, actual masterpiece. I did not watch the remake. I didn't um, either. It's like, I'm not even super hateful about things like that, but I remember I saw, I was one of those people that I would complain about remakes all the time, but then I would go see them. I would spend my, oh, I can't believe they made remake Nightmare on Elm Street, this sucks. And then I would go fork <laughs> over my money and watch it, and then I would leave and be like, that sucked. Like, of course it was going to suck. It never had a chance. Um, so then I just stopped going. I think, yeah. I think RoboCop and Total Recall remakes were coming out, and I was like, you oh. know what? I was like, I'm never going to see these. Like, I'm not spending money on them. I'm not even going to shit talk them. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend they don't exist. And I way. can still have my old Robocop and my old Total Recall. Yep. And uh, you know, from what I heard, I didn't I didn't miss much. They sound like all my buddies. I was like, how was it there? It sucked. Like, no <laughs> shit. The new Robocop was bad. What a shock. They made it in like so, two weeks. I mean, it's a... It's a turd. I'm sorry? So they probably oh, yeah. made it in like two weeks, so it's like a turd anyway. It's just a CGI. Yeah, it was built in Toronto. That was the only thing that made me even oh. remotely interested to see it. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I really, uh, <laughs> like this Black Christmas, just, again, it's not even that I'm like super spiteful about it. I'm just not, not going to see it. Like, <laughs> I've seen too many cruddy remakes, so it's like I'll still watch something old that I haven't seen. There's still tons of stuff I haven't seen from the... Uh, the 80s I just saw one that looked interesting today what was it called that I was going to Hospital Massacre also known as X-Ray huh. I never even heard of it until today but I was perusing someone's like list of like underrated slashers yeah uh, there's a film I really like with Martin Landau and Donald Pleasant's called Alone in the Dark yeah yeah, um, yeah oh dude it rules and I saw a guy who had that on his list of underrated films and then he had a bunch of other films that I hadn't actually seen in movies. well if he likes Alone in the Dark yeah that maybe these are cool so I downloaded this hospital massacre I'm hoping it's going to be cool <laughs> I haven't seen we'll that see. one yeah I had, I had honestly never even heard of it so um, I'm expecting to uh, to enjoy it but yeah, yeah for, for horror I, I, I cut my, my cutoff is almost like the year 2000 honestly there's some yeah. stuff I love from just sheer garbage nostalgia <laughs> you know there's the movies that, like even the terrible remake of The Haunting or even a movie like 13 Ghosts 
Yeah, I, I like that movie. Yeah, you know? yeah like, I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a bad film, but right. due to the age I was when I saw it, I think I'm sort of doomed to like it forever. <laughs> yeah. um, I I just watched Saw the other day again yeah, for the first time in, yeah. in years, and I liked it a lot better than when I saw it in theaters. I thought it was pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, but they're few and far between. You know, I like The Ring a lot. I like The Ring better than I, I ended up watching the Japanese Renew. Uh, you know. Uh, maybe a year later, I got access to it on DVD, and I watched it, and I didn't even love it. Yeah. Uh, which is weird, <laughs> because most of those J-horror things, I find, are far superior than their... Uh, any Asian horror film, actually. Yeah, My favorite insane. Asian horror film of all time is called uh, A Tale of Two Sisters. Yep. And uh, it was remade as The Uninvited over here. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I didn't see The Uninvited, but I saw the trailer. That was enough. Yeah, I, I get to the end of the trailer, and I was like, "Wow, that looks like someone bastardized bullshit version of Tale of Two Sisters." And of course, <laughs> it was. Yeah, so like, I'm not gonna waste my fucking time with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I watch. I remember watching Ring New, and yeah, that was kind of boring. Like, I kind of like that weird American <laughs> ring. Yeah, better. But yeah, yeah. There's a good, okay. um, you know, I like House, the Japanese film from like the seventies. And then what's the... Uh, I can never remember it. It was from, like, the late 90s, I think. Infection. That one's good, if you haven't seen that. Infection's awesome. Pulse yeah. is awesome. Yep. Uh, Pulse is... Pulse really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one or two other ones that I don't love. I didn't love Dark Water. I didn't love no. The Eye. I believe The Eye is Chinese. Yeah. Um, I just saw Parasite the other night, and I thought that was pretty darn good. I definitely liked that film a lot. Yeah. Um, and that dude made the host, which is great. Yeah, yeah, the host. And he was made, great. and he made memories of murder, mm-hmm. which is a goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> and, uh, and every whenever I talk to people about that film, they're like, "Oh, we should check it out." I'm like, yeah. I don't know how it's not a bigger deal." Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Memories of Murder. Uh, I think I downloaded some terrible rip of it, and I, I watched it, and I was blown away. I still think it's <laughs> one of the the best pure movie experiences I ever had maybe because it wasn't hyped up for me which is unfortunately what I do to everybody when I see it I hype it up I'm like yeah. oh you gotta see it it's the best but uh, you know I thought the Zodiac yeah. David Fincher's Zodiac I thought it was okay but it reminded me a bit of Memories of Murder at points especially with some of the uh, ambiguous like did we catch the killer or not type question you know yeah. and, and both both those films like anyone who saw Zodiac presumably knew that Zodiac Killer was never caught right. and much like the Memories of Murder the, the killer was never caught but that's not a spoiler because that was like a, a thing in Korea people just knew this guy who murdered these women wasn't caught yeah. so you sort of knew the movie was going to end on this on this note you know where they it's kind of unresolved but that movie is uh, something special it's great but yeah Parasite was pretty good and mm. then for other horror that I've seen recently, I, th- I saw Halloween last year in theaters, the 2018 one. Yeah, I really liked, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was pretty uh, good. I, I enjoyed it. It was just super violent, and uh, I like the old school cool. vibe where he's you know going house to house and just killing people. That's what you want. Oh, that was really cool. And I also liked that he was just old. Yeah. they didn't try to. They were they weren't like, oh, it's young Michael. Mo-. No, it's like yeah, he's sixty. <laughs> he's, super fuck, he's super fucking mad. I just, I just dug it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I was pretty nervous at the start when it's like two people from a podcast go to interview him. Yeah, like, oh yeah. man, this isn't a good start. 
because uh, it was just so goofy. But then when they bid it, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Now that they're out of the way, it's going to get good. So yeah, I thought it was cool. I'm curious to see what they do with the sequels. Yeah. I'm a little nervous, but, uh, yeah. you know, at least they've limited it to there's only three. Right. Uh, or three, three movies in this little arc. I do think it sucks that they discounted Halloween 2 and Halloween 4. I think Halloween 4 is great. I like Halloween 4 as much as I like Halloween 2, to be honest. Yeah. I think I hate the mask. I'll never <laughs> like the mask. But, right. But uh, aside from the mask, <clears throat> I think Daniel Harris is amazing as Jamie. I love the character Jamie. Oh, yeah. The Halloween 5 suffered because they didn't go with the little psycho child killer. But it right. Perfect. If they had done that and she had been like, 11 years old and killing people Halloween 5 would be legendary but yeah and I liked it for the most part but I didn't like her in the movie in 5 because she was just like you know had the whole <laughs> psychic connection to Michael and all that which was a cool the psychic art, connection yeah and lo- losing her voice so she can't even talk yeah that part I like, did, you know and it just was like it was such a we- it was such a departure from the, the greatness of 4 because 4 was just so simple yeah um you know, there's things about four that suck, but like, <laughs> I think about two that suck. You know, so right. it's like a, a lot of people, oh, four is so unrealistic. Like, it's like, well, two is two. There's yeah. nobody in that hospital. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. he's just walking around. Um, you know. Oh yeah, just walk around with the lights off. The nurses are walking out of the dark. There's like two. There's like a sauna in there that you know, like. What? There's a sauna where there's like a sex scene. It's just, yeah. Uh, it's pretty preposterous. I mean, I'll always, I'll, I'll always love Halloween too. I think it rules, but it is it's good, also yeah. it's easy to poke fun at. Halloween, right. Halloween three rules too, but for a different reason. Yeah, Halloween three has had this weird rebirth where it's gone from. Like, I love it because everyone I, shit on I it. Hate, I, I, I also, I love it a lot. But yeah. the first time I saw it, I did not love it. I think I was maybe twelve. Yeah, and I watched it, and I was like, "Yo, that's." <laughs> Sucked. Like I was so pissed Michael Myers wasn't in it. Yeah. There's no revisionist history on my end as far as like, oh yeah, I've always loved Halloween. Three. Yeah. It, it took a couple of viewings until I, I and I <laughs> I think what made me like Halloween three was seeing uh, Night of the Creeps and yeah. just you know seeing Tom Atkins and then going back watching Halloween three because he's so charming and Night of the Night of the Creeps is brilliant. It's yeah. Uh, that's an amazing movie. It's just such a bizarre vibe. Um. So then watching Halloween 3 again, he's got some great lines in Halloween 3. Of he's course. such a douchebag. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Halloween 3 rules. But it, it, yeah, it is, it's a bizarre entry in the Halloween saga, but I watched it twice this October. I watched it on October 1st, and then, yeah, I watched it on the 1st and the 31st. So yep. it's definitely one I <clears throat> I like to, to watch a lot. Oh, and my other favorite horror that's not the thing is... Uh, Master, of course, one. yeah, it's brutal. Perfect, Fuck. perfect movie. And it then is. for underrated horror, which I mean, anyone, anyone listening is going to be like, "Oh wow, he likes the thing in Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Like, <laughs> yeah, I know they rule. But if, if I'm talking about ones that I really love that are underrated, uh, people under the stairs. It, yeah, I don't know how it's not a bigger deal. That movie is fucking nuts. <laughs> you so know what's awesome. weird is my mom knew. You know, this is when I was still little, but you know, she worked nights, so I'd be glued to a TV and I'd watch all the late night shit and watch all the horror movies yeah. kind of got into it on my own and then uh, you know one day she rented people under the stairs she knew I watched like The Exorcist and Hellraiser I mean some of the things we watched together you know but yeah, uh, yeah. she you know she had a friend over and she was like uh, 
you can't come in here. And I was like, why not? It's like, we're watching people under the stairs. It's too scary, apparently. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think she just didn't want me in there or their friend watching it because, like, yeah. she knew the shit I was watching. So for, like, the longest time, that was, like, the movie that I was forbidden to see out of all the shit yeah. she knew I watched. So I was yeah. like, this movie must be fucking crazy. And then it wasn't, no, you know, it didn't live up to what I knew it to be, but, like, mm. it's such a weird fucking movie that, like, it's always it's stuck so with me since I saw it. Like, yeah. It was, your, it was your white whale. It was. Like, it I've really seen, was. You were like, I've seen, I've seen Hellraiser, and that was crazy. Well, yeah. this movie must be fucking bonkers. <laughs> you, I think one well, of the scariest part of People Under the Stairs is just the title. Yeah. It's just called, I mean, that's, that's, it is scary, there's something yeah. about it that just, as a kid, when, you know, I saw it on the video store shelf, it's called The People Under the Stairs. I was just like, oh, man, it's made my skin crawl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to see it. I was like, that's too creepy. I wanted to see movies like Evil Dead and, Right. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I actually watched Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I was 11, and I watched it at a sleepover with my friend. We would watch <laughs> horror movies. His father would let us rent it. I watched it the night Princess Diana died. Yeah. Um, and I put, we, put, we, we put the movie on, and as we put it on, she had just uh, been in a car accident, and she was, like, on life support, and her partner, Dode Al-Fayed, had, had died. Yeah. And then we watched the movie, and you know, it was like a harrowing experience. Like I was eleven. You know, and he's at the end. I'll that final scene is going to stick with me forever. When he gets hit with the wrench in the head and yeah. cuts his legs, and then he gets up and he's whipping the chainsaw around us. It brings tears to my eyes now that I've <laughs> seen. I get so pumped. Yeah. But and then the movie was just over, and we turned the movie off, and then it was like, you know, CNN came back on because we were using a VCR. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Princess Diana, you know, died. We were like, whoa. So that was a <laughs> weird night for me. That, um, and then I think the next night was the night we watched... Uh, oh, man, what did we watch? I, th- I think we watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2. That's my favorite. We did the first one, and we didn't like 2. I like, like it now. Yeah. But at the, at the time, we were like, this is weird. And I think we both subconsciously knew that it had some severely homoerotic right. overtones. Yeah. And we, uh, I was probably at the age where we thought things that were gay were stupid or whatever. You know, yeah. we, were being, we were just being dumb kids. Right. Or maybe not stupid, but we definitely would have laughed at it. Right. Um, in a, like a mean way. So, yeah, we were like, oh, that was dumb. That movie was whatever. But I actually have a real soft spot for it now. I think it's awesome. It's my favorite it was an one. interesting documentary. Have you seen the documentary Scream Queen? No. That's uh, cool. It's both the guy who, who plays the protagonist in Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and he was gay and the director of the film was also gay yeah yeah I guess the director knew exactly what he was doing when he did but um yeah it's a, it's a neat little doc because the talks would have sort of compromised that actor's career he said it sort it of did. ruined his life for a while yeah but I do think it's a strong movie on. I mean it, it also kind of suffers from being sandwiched between the two best in the series with yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street and then Dream Warriors those movies are amazing it is, but um, I think people have more appreciation for it. Honestly, that's my favorite. I think it's like the raunchiest that Freddy is in the whole series. I think he's like oh, just a it, badass. It really is. It's very crass. I mean, the scene where the glove is coming out of his fingers, like yeah. when his skin is peeling, it's, it's, that is probably the grossest. Yeah. I guess that and the weightlifting scene are the two that kind of like <laughs> yeah. bug me about Nightmare, where I just hate the idea of like spikes coming out of your fingertips oh, or the, the yeah. blades. It's just awful. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, we didn't like it at the time, but I, I liked a lot of bullshit, too, when I was a kid. I remember seeing, like, you know, fuck, we probably, I probably saw Fear.com. And <laughs> I remember great. that, yeah. I remember yeah, that maybe not Fear.com. I think I was too too old for that, but I definitely watched some stupid horror that I, I definitely thought was good that I would go back and watch now and be like, brutally ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Even, you know... <laughs> Yeah, Even we all, some we all of the classics at the time. Yeah, there were some like classics I watched that, um, and I say classic loosely, but you know, there were some classics I watched that I was just uh, maybe not super enamored with that I've really grown to love now. Yeah, I remember seeing Amityville Horror for the first time, being like, "Hooked, hooked." Yeah, and it doesn't <laughs> suck. It's pretty sick, but at the time, I maybe it's because I was uh, becoming jaded to. Maybe it wasn't as violent as I hoped or whatever, but yeah, you know, um, you're you're impressionable as a kid. You get into so many different things, and then when you get older, you actually see things differently. Like, um, I didn't really have, you know, I've always loved The Shining, but when I saw it in yep. theaters, you just see it in a different way because you actually see how it was shot, you know, more than it is on TV. Like it's actually meant to be seen in a theater, and then sure. uh, absolutely watch the 4K cut of it. Uh, a month or two ago and man it's fucking beautiful and it looks even better and like it sounds even better it's just a whole new way to watch that movie and it just makes it more like uh, yeah I've seen it in theaters I saw it print but I haven't not seen it in 4K yeah it's but really I, I definitely should watch it see the shit I liked as a kid I, I probably didn't like Amityville but I probably liked Stephen King's Sleepwalkers you know what yeah I, mean? I like, watched that movie a lot for some reason I watched the shit out of that movie <sighs> It's weird. I mean, as a kid in the nineties, it was like we yeah. everyone had a Stephen King movie they liked a lot. It was like yeah. my buddy was like, "Oh, I love Sometimes They Come Back" or Angler <laughs> or yeah. Graveyard Shift or these ta- awful made-for-TV films. The Langoliers. My buddy Jake had the Langoliers oh, on videotape. Yeah, and I remember he lent that to me. And Those I was fucking orb things. Off. I was like, "This is oh yeah." It's so bad, but when you're a dumb kid and you're just I watched bored, all that like, shit. My mom always uh, watched the Tommy Knockers. She'd be like. I'm not watching that dude, scariest yeah. movie ever, and I watched it. I was like, "This movie's fucking stupid." <laughs> but it's and cool, it, but although you know. I remember seeing the stand and being, yeah. I, I still love the stand. The stand is wicked. Uh, oh, do you know which one I saw? I, I rented it right when it came out. I was so excited to see it! I was, I liked it, and I've watched it since then, and I hated it. it was thinner. Yeah, I love thinner. The gypsy thing. Yeah, I thought it was cool as shit. Oh man, it was just as a kid, I was like, yeah. Yeah, because I would watch it all the time. It'd come on like Sci-Fi or some shit. Like they would play a lot yeah, of those. Yeah. Sci-Fi would always play the Stephen King stuff. And uh, yeah, TBS, TBS Superstation or something would always play like you know like, Clive Barker's Lord of Illusion, but they yeah. edited or whatever. Yeah, or like Salem's <laughs> Lot like was great because you know Salem's Lot was another made-for-TV thing. But it was. Yeah, and that's Toby Hooper too. And yep. I I went to watch it recently, and then I was like, "Oh, it's four hours!" Like, yeah, <laughs> I forgot how long this is. <clears throat> Toby Hooper is such an interesting director too, because he really was all over the place. Texas Chainsaw's he peaked. He really did. Like whether he still liked it or not, he peaked because his first movie gets the best. Yeah, Poltergeist. Everyone says Spielberg directed or at least has his fingerprints all over, and it is a very slick movie. But then, other than that, Toby did what do you Toolbox Murders? He did. Yep. Funhouse, Funhouse, uh, which is Funhouse really is cool. great, yeah. And uh, uh, did Life did, Force? Did yeah, uh, yeah. Life Force is, is very weird. Yeah. Um, and he did uh, Texas Chainsaw Two, which initially, as a youth, I was disappointed by it because it was 
too silly. Yeah, it's a dark um, comedy. But, but I've, I've definitely grown to love it now. I have not grown to love Leatherface Part 3. I still don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I managed to watch like the, the violence cut, but I still think there's some stuff missing from it. Yeah. I know they cut a lot of gore, and I think some of it just got lost and is never going to surface, unfortunately. But, yeah, Toby Hooper was a very interesting director. Just kind of... when I remember, like, finding out he made Polter Day so years after I saw it. Yeah. like, what? That's Texas Chainsaw guy made that? That's very strange. Polter Day is... Have you seen a movie? Eaten Alive? Yeah. That's the one with Robert Englund. It's like the alligator movie or whatever. Yeah. That he did. It's really weird. I I actually got to meet Robert Englund years ago. and I was really... I met a few people at the uh, conventions I've gone to. Yeah. And for the 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 most part, everyone's pretty nice. Yeah. And, uh... It's cool, but only one or two people have ever really wowed me with their like passion. Yeah, and he was one of them. Like he, he knows his stuff. Yeah, and he he was very animated when talking about film. It was pretty cool. Um, I got to talk to him for about ten minutes, and he was yeah. lamenting the, the loss. He was complaining about how frustrated he was that the Sarah Connor Chronicles had been canceled. Yeah, <laughs> he was so pissed, man. He was swearing and going on. <laughs> When he, when he talked about Freddy, too, he talked about he, his, his influences, and he was going back and talking about characters from silent horror films, stuff I had never even heard of. You know, I've seen yeah. Captain of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, and M, and, you know, no, all that stuff. Like, the, the heavy hitters. But he was like, oh, you need to see this and this and this and stuff. I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. But he, he, he's, uh, he, he was awesome. He was just such a cool dude, and he had so much, like knowledge. Him and the guy who did the voice of the killer in Scream, Roger L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Another yeah. guy who just really wowed me with his, uh, he could just tell he was a real diehard film guy. Like, yeah. he was going on about something or other in his Q&A, and I was just, I remember being impressed with, like, the well of information he was drawing from. It was yeah. really cool. Because some actors were just like, yeah, I did the thing, and it was cool. And <laughs> these guys were like, you know, with their craft, so it's always cool to see, especially in horror, because a lot of people write off horror as like a, you know, much like comedy, where they're like, oh, it's like a bullshit genre, like, yeah. it's fine for the purpose it serves, but it'll never be like, you know, brilliant cinema, you know, they will, it's not looked at as being, uh... There's a lot of great actors uh, in horror, actors that got their start, you know, and like Johnny Depp and shit like that, and Jennifer Connelly. Oh, totally, and, yeah, you know. there's a bunch. You could even say, going back to Texas Chainsaw, you could even say Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Yep, that's and the gen- yeah, obviously. generations. Ooh. Yeah, that was another one I saw. I saw the that next generation, right? Too, yeah, actually. yeah generation. I, I rented that on videotape, and uh, man, well, didn't like that much. That didn't do much <laughs> for me either as a kid. It was nice, though, as a kid. Like, The Shining was the perfect, that's a perfect example. It's a film I saw as a child. You know, I was probably 12 or 13 when I finally watched it, where I was like, wow. Know, start yeah. to finish you, you know you're watching something special yeah. Kubrick was like that with most of his stuff to be honest but yeah. there's only a couple of his I, I'm not crazy about but same feeling I had watching you know 2001 yeah. although I was or Clockwork Orange you know you're watching very special and important important movies but yeah. I mean horror can obviously go either way I see like, like The Shining amazing and it's probably looked at as one of like the best yeah, you know horror films in it. Well, if you're talking 
objectively. But, uh, you know, it, it, I have this weird affinity for it. If, even if something is totally garbage, if it's from the 80s, I don't care. Like, yeah, the I best gl- thing. I'll gladly watch it. You know? <laughs> I'll watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 or whatever. Yeah. Um, just the, the garbage. <laughs> Derek, actually, the guitar player in Tumult, he loves the demonic toys doll man series oh yeah uh, yeah demonic toys oh Derek loves trash (laughs) like that he's a huge huge Neil Breen enthusiast oh yeah um yeah and oh it's crazy he can handle that stuff like like no one else I know does he like the full moon stuff I'm sorry yeah oh totally he loves full moon stuff (laughs) that's Derek's uh definitely Uh. some of his favorite stuff and Steve our (laughs) bass player he introduced me to some bizarre, maybe not horror, but Steve also likes a lot of weird older films. He showed me uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, stuff like that. I love that movie. That it's one? so good, actually. I like it. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah he told me, I, I hadn't heard of it when he told me to watch it. This was years ago when we, him and I were working together in the screen frame shop, and he's like, I think I brought up They Live, and I was like, oh, yeah, They Live. It's just, you know, such a great movie. And he's like, oh, have you seen Hell Comes to Frogtown? I was like, no. He's like, oh, <laughs> Roddy, Roddy Piper, but he has sex with like a giant frog at one point in the film. I was yeah. like, yo, how, how am I not <laughs> seeing this? Sounds awesome. So, yeah. yeah speaking of sex with giant shit, uh, Galaxy of Terror is really good. I don't know that one, actually. Galaxy of Terror. Yeah, it's a Roger Corman thing. Um, it's okay. actually Robert England's in it and Sid Haig's in it. And I think it was oh, really? some of their first movies. Yeah, no, not Sid Haig. Sid Haig's been in shit since, you know, like sure, sure, fucking sixties. Yeah. What's Galaxy of Terror from? Is that, that's from the. I think it's from nineteen eighty. Seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's older, but it's it's fucking ridiculous. There's a, uh, you know, just giant insects, but you don't really see a whole lot of first. It's just it's it's of good course. stuff. Uh, there's a maggot. A giant maggot rape scene, so that's worth it in and of itself. It's just nuts. Oh god! Yeah, nineteen eighty one, but it's uh. Speaking of movie, oh eighty one. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a movie I like a lot from nineteen eighty two by Larry Cohen. Speaking of not seeing a lot, uh, mm-hmm. Hugh the Winged Serpent. You ever see that one? Uh uh-uh. uh That's uh, you like the stuff? Oh yeah. This is the same dude, and it's about a uh, it's about. Quasicoddle? I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but it's like uh, this winged monster. I think it's from like Peruvian folklore or something. I don't want to offend anybody and get yeah. incorrect, but it's yeah, Quasicoddle, and it's living in the uh, Chrysler building. <laughs> I think it's the Chrysler building. Yeah, and uh, it has to be hunted, and it flies around uh, New York City. The movie is not. But Larry Cohen made that. I think if he, Michael Moriarty's in it, yeah, and David Carradine's in it, and he made it before he did the stuff, and it's bonkers. It's it was pretty cool, but it's another movie where you don't necessarily see a lot. Speaking of horror, when, when and not seeing a lot, that's the movies I like the most. You know, a movie like Jaws, where you don't see much for the first half. Yeah, you um, anticipate Which project you know. I still think is amazing. You don't see much at all in yeah. which project. Uh, you don't really see anything, to be honest. You don't. You see that but, guy uh, in the corner at the end, and you're like, oh, shit. And, you know. Man, I'll never forget seeing that. I saw it in theaters, and yeah. it was, uh, I, for my money, it's still a movie that scared me the most. I think I was, like, 13. Yeah, it was the fan footage thing. Red, wasn't everyone, there yet, you know. It was kind of new 
to have it. People yeah, thought it was real. Like they did a really good job blurring the line too, because I think at one point they said, "Okay, well the the, the film isn't real, but the legend is based on it, the Burtonville Seven. That's real, yeah. you know." And then everyone believed there was this witch that killed children in the woods at one point. So yep. they did a real. The marketing was brilliant, but a lot of the kids at my school, I was in junior high at the time, they went to see it. You know, kids I didn't like. Yeah. The, the cool kids they went to see it and they were like it sucked yeah. and I was like well I've seen I've seen horror movies I can handle this like if these idiots don't like it I'll go check it out like it won't scare yeah. me and then it scared the shit out of me man I was you know in the last 20 minutes was just a screaming in the darkness and then the dude in the corner you know, yeah it was crazy forever. Yeah. very very spooky stuff and that's where movies like uh, I wasn't a big fan of Cloverfield no, or they even kinda... us yeah, Super 8 also. And yeah. these are movies that sort of sh- they reveal too much. Mm. They could have done that whole movie Super 8 without showing you the creature once, and I think it would have been way more interesting. Because once yeah. you see this budget CGI bullshit, same with Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah. like, if, if you had never seen the monster, I think I might have actually liked it. But instead, it was just this big, dumb... And you know, the computer effects yeah. look great the year the movie comes out, and then after that, it's just downhill. They look dated. Yeah. Uh, CG really suffers like that and you compare it to a movie like you know any of those old flashers that use cool practical effects like even that scene in City of the Living Dead with the gut vomiting yeah 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 (laughs) those are legendary scenes and then you have movies like Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park that are a perfect blend of practical and digital effects yeah Terminator 2 for me is like the apex of that where it's like oh yeah yeah sometimes you just gotta drive a big truck off a fucking bridge to chase a kid (laughs) on a motorcycle like that's not some green screen nonsense. They did that yeah. where a movie like I don't know Transformers falls short. But it just I see these movies like Cloverfield, and I was like, man, it's gonna look so bad in a decade. It Even does. the Matrix, which a lot of people think is a you know a classic, it looks kind of crappy now. Yeah. Um, which is you know, and not to say that all practical effects are bulletproof. There's tons of shitty looking practical effects in film, but right. uh, I always have a, I always like it better at least. You know, I, I, I love that movie, The Prowler, and I was just watching that. Oh, The Prowler rules! Oh, it's so good, man. It's super underrated. It's a twist ending that most people don't actually guess, um, which is cool for a 1981 slasher where everything was kind of brainless. Yeah. Well, not brainless, I suppose. My Bloody Valentine, I think, was from the same time. That's one of my yeah. absolute favorite movies. That's filmed in Nova Scotia, where Steve and I are from Nova Scotia, actually, the east coast yeah. of Canada. And that was filmed there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that the, the Prowler, I was showing the Kills compilation to one of the dudes I worked with. Two of my favorite kills. The pitchfork, uh, it's the, uh, the knife in the pool. Yeah. And then when, that, that, when the guy gets that blade through his head and his eyes roll back <laughs> in his head that yeah. is the longest like so many movies would just show the stab and then it would cut and yeah. that movie just showed you the whole struggle it's fucking crazy it's yeah. just so ugly it's the um, Tom Savini those goodness those are two of my favorites I'm sorry so it's Tom Savini goodness oh yeah he, he's a genius he was, it was funny to watch him do a Q&A years ago because he's He's got an interesting attitude, but you can't deny his brilliance. I mean, yeah. the effects he did for some of those films. Even the first Friday the 13th, as slow as it is, like, yeah. it's a great film, but it is, I find it's kind of hard to go back to now. Right. kind of like playing a really great PlayStation 1 game, you know? <laughs> like, it's still, Silent Hill is still great. But you but go back to play, it's, yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah, it's, it's, you just kind of, 
try to go back. To yeah. Back. Yeah, you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, like, this still rules, but because Friday the 13th is pretty boring. Like, they sort of struggle to make the 90-minute runtime on that one. The end is yeah. really drawn out. But, the, you know, the, the Kevin Bacon arrow through the chest, you know, is yeah. still so fucking cool. It was just different, you yeah. know, and they all... I had seen a lot of shitty flashes as a kid, so when I watched the <laughs> stuff that Savini did, it was just, you know, a breath of fresh air because it was so real-looking. Yeah. Or at least any different kills. Friday the 13th has always been good at, at uh, shocking you with uh, some pretty wild kills. Uh, that wheelchair kill, too. <laughs> That's uh, one of my all-time favorites. Which, yeah. uh, the wheelchair is my second favorite. <laughs> In the whole, what was your is that your favorite in the series? That's the one of my that's one of my favorites for sure. Cause in the fucking rain you, and he's just going down the stairs. Oh, just, even as a kid, not, I laughed my ass off at that scene. It's just oh, it's crazy, so goofy. Do you have do you have do you have an actual favorite like number one? Uh, for Jason films, um, I don't know. I have a few of them mixed around. Like I love in part eight, I love the the toxic waste barrel kill. <laughs> yeah, oh, that shit. It's so brutal. He's just like that's straight. a wild that's a wild movie. Yeah. It's probably my least favorite of, of the eight, but it's still pretty fun. Yeah. You want to know something crazy? Um, do you like Funerbrarum? Yeah, uh, the band, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so you know the singer Daryl? Mm-hmm. He was in a bunch of punk bands. He was in uh, some bands. But there's a scene in, in Jason Takes Manhattan where there's some punks. I'm sure you can remember and uh, they're, they're listening to their like ghetto blast when he kicks over the, the ghetto blast yeah. yeah so the little skinhead that has like the chain yeah. that's Daryl really yeah <laughs> uh, I found uh, out when funny. we were playing Kill Town Death Fest they always, because they're from New York aren't they yeah yeah wow uh, so I think New Jersey actually yeah Jersey Daryl played right. Daryl played in Disma wow and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone said, oh, I, I think the, the guitar player of Funerbrow yeah. said that. And I, and I was like, excuse me? What are you talking about? They're like, yeah, he's one of the punks. And I mean, I, when that movie came, when I saw that movie, I was really like, I, that scene stuck with me because I liked punks. So I saw these punk kids with chains and spikes and listening to a stereo. I was like, yeah. oh, cool punks, like mainstream punks. And you're punks in a mainstream film or whatever. I was mainstream was Friday the 13th. Right. Uh, and yeah, no, because then he takes off his mask and shows them his face, and they all yeah. bolt, which is they're like, it's cool, movie. man, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's cool. And then yeah, for me, the best kill in Friday the Thirteenth is that uh, Crispin Glover kill, corkscrew to the hand. Oh yeah, he, he turns and right then the face. the face. Yeah, that's it, brutal, dude. That is the sickest one-two combo because you know he's about to bite it you know and he's just there with his annoying voice because he's hey, a dead hey, fuck where's the corkscrew yeah he's a dead yeah, fuck he's, yeah dead fuck yeah <laughs> that's, that's my the, favorite yeah final chapter is my favorite Friday uh, it's, it's, it's the, the most brutal most. too it really is like it's just brutal like it starts off five's, you know the, five's uh, pretty brutal too it is five is really I like I like five because the, the most brutal part is you know Jason the real Jason you know he Likes to stack up bodies near the end to where they all kind of fall out on you to make you freak yeah, out. Yeah, the, the reveal. Yeah, and then yeah, and then five. He just throws them all in a fucking bedroom, like stacks. You know, like Roy just like stacks them up, and yeah. it's like God, that's the most brutal scene in the movie because you just find everybody like in this bunk bed, and it's like God, that's it's awesome. Nasty. Yeah, Roy, little <laughs> Roy. 
Um, he has more kills than that than Jason does in any of his, his own movies. So. Yeah, he, he racked up that uh, halfway house. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, that uh, movie is just so unpleasant. Like, everything about it is just kind of like, ugh, this is sad and depressing. Like, these <laughs> poor kids. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it, 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 I, I do, and I didn't, again, it's another one when I first saw it, I was, like, not won over. Yeah. I was pissed that it wasn't Jason. I should have known from the little blue highlights on the mask as opposed to the classic red. I do like that that sort of your first hint, you know? The yeah. mask is a little different. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, now I, I really love Five. I love all of them. I think you know, Steve, Steve and Tumult, he's been, for years we've talked about it, his favorite seven. Yeah. He calls it Jason versus Carrie. Um, <laughs> and it, that's pretty much what it is. Seven, again, I, I thought it was good not great it's too butchered now you know like i I go back and watch it now from when i you know used to watch a lot and the that was going to be the most brutal one you know but they went back and they they the mpaa was so bad then at that time where it's just so butchered, and you'll never see a cut of that like the the way it was supposed to be so frustrating to know that it's all the best stuff because they had like like that you know tree trimmer kill and they had like all this crazy shit and you know you can watch the cutting room floor stuff where you see the actual cuts of it but it looks bad but I mean you can see yeah. what the kills looked like before yeah my buddy Valentine did the same thing with the unedited cut because the MPA made the cuts cut a bunch of stuff yeah but I saw the unedited the, the, the true cut in theaters here yeah at the cast and crew reunion thing and they played it and nice even though it was grainy it was pretty cool yeah to see how long some of those kills were they were oh you yeah you know pretty heavy duty but yeah <laughs> seven yeah I think it's seven I think in the actual cut of seven you don't get to see her mom die because her shitty stepdad or whatever like throws the mom to Jason <laughs> the therapist he yeah <laughs> yeah you never get to see her die I was always wondering if there was some sort of like really brutal death for her that yeah. that wasn't included in the, in the actual film but uh yeah those are all great movies man it's like yeah. none of them on their own are amazing no. like not like Halloween like Halloween is special for that, you know. But right. the Friday movies is a whole. Like if you want to just put on all eight in a row, it's. Oh, I, yeah. I say eight. I mean, I know there's more than eight, but I only really like to recognize eight of the. No, those are the initial. Best, yeah, because yeah, then you have X, which is. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also saw that in theaters. Yeah. I was excited to see it because I thought it was going to be funny, and it, it kind of was. But David Cronenberg's in it, which was cool. You know, he is. He died yeah. pretty early on. Like I wonder right how away. they. I wonder how they pulled that. How did they pull that off? I think it's <laughs> David Cronenberg and Jason X, which was called Jason in Space. I guess they filmed. Like, I think they filmed it in Toronto. Pretty sure. Yeah, it's just weird. It and that was weird. at a time when he had stopped sort of making horror films because yeah. Cronenberg had moved on to. I think he made Spider with Ray Fine sometime maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, a year yeah. or two after Jason X. Mm. Um, so he was <clears throat> sort of. I mean, I can understand him maybe wanting a cameo if he had just finished. Scanners or Rabbit or The Brood, but sure. uh, it's funny that he had like kind of been out of the game for a minute. I think he did Dead Ringers and then some yeah. other stuff. And he, I do love that later Eric Cronenberg though the non horror stuff. Uh, Eastern Promises and History of Violence are both yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, I saw History of Violence in theaters and thought it was amazing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious food to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The 
Cronenberg's good shit. That's your your neck of the woods, and uh... yeah, yeah, totally. He's uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's one of the best. So I wish he would make one more really fucked up horror movie. Like, yeah, me too. I know he could. Um, well, Derek and I actually went together to Fan Expo, uh, which is like the Canadian sort of version of, I guess it's a much smaller version of like Comic Con that we have here. Yeah. Um, and Cronenberg was there, and he was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, Rue Morgue presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I got Ken Russell to present it to him, the director of Altered States and The Devils and lots of other stuff. Yeah. And Cronenberg was on Cloud Nine because he loved Ken Russell's work. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool thing to see. I mean, I think Altered States is a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, the, the Devils is really good too, but it's another ugly one. I wasn't really ready for it the first time I saw it. I was definitely disturbed. I saw it too young. I think I was 15 or 16. And yeah. But, uh, but Altered States is magnificent. I saw Altered States and then that led me, I told my co-worker at the video store, I said, oh, I watched Altered States and I loved it. And he was in his 40s and he was like, oh, you should check out Reanimator. It's like a more fun version. <laughs> yeah. so I, don't, I don't know why he said that, but I did watch it. Uh, Reanimator ended up becoming one of my favorites. That was great. Uh, yeah, it's actually my girlfriend's favorite movie like favorite horror movie that we've watched was reanimated uh she loves it it is really brilliant i, I recommend it to pretty much everybody even if you don't love horror because it's funny yeah i like uh you know Stuart gordon directed but brian usna who i think wrote it he's done some of my favorite horror movies too because he's just you know it's one of his movies because he's just gross like uh Usna did like uh, Return of Living Dead Part Three, and he did. Uh, oh yeah. He did the fucking he did, dentist. He did. <clears throat> yeah, he did the dentist, which is that actually scared me from going to the dentist for like years after seeing that movie. Oh uh, yeah, I, I saw the dentist fairly young. Yeah. He also, you know what was funny about him is he uh, he's the guy that wrote. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's done some weird I stuff. He, yeah, I think I looked up that movie because I think I was having a Rick Moranis argument with somebody. We were discussing Rick Moranis' film, yeah. filmography. And I was looking up that film because I had it on videotape as a kid. That and Honey, I, I think the sequel is Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Yeah. With like the giant baby or whatever. And then I saw like Brian Yosna's name on IMDb or something. And I was <laughs> like, what? No way. And then I like looked into it. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. They got hit. Like the guy who made, yeah, the dentist and, and the society. Like, yeah, society. He, 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 society is disgusting. I have a hard time getting through society. It's not that shutting at the end yeah man it bugs me like Ugh. it's great but we all have our like hot button things that kind of grosses out for me it's the last 20 minutes the part that grosses me out is when they like suck that that nerd kid like they like suck his whatever <laughs> out like and then the, and then that main guy the evil one he gets the beauty mark on his face like the mole yeah the kid has now on his cheek something about that oh god yeah disgusting <laughs> I watched it for the second time. Uh, it was on the last drive. Joe Bob Briggs did it. Oh yeah, that's like, awesome. I guess I'll I guess I'll watch Society again too. What he has to say about it, but I didn't find it any easier to watch. I thought it was really fucking gross. Yeah, it's wonky, but it's um, nasty. You know, it's very grimy. And that's that's how he does uh, his stuff. You know, the uh, yeah from he beyond. Did Bride of Reanimator. Yeah, he did Bride of Reanimator as well, which is yep. like 
shitty but awesome. Like I liked it. If you just want, you know, Herbert West is just irresistible. You know, yeah. Uh, just as a character, you know, uh, and obviously it has to be played by Jeffrey Combs. No one yeah, else could do of course. it. But if you want, if you love Herbert Reanimator, it's just another ninety ninety more minutes of him. Of course. You know, yeah, who can say no? It's great. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't touch. And Star Trek goodness, <laughs> too. Touch. Yeah, true. He, yeah, I, I love Jeffrey Tins. He's awesome. And we watched, uh, my girlfriend and I watched Castle Freak. That's good, and too. Yeah, I love that, too. Yeah. That's a really good movie. That's it is. a really, I forgot how good that was. Um, you know, the family breakdown, just like the castle being inhabited by this weird, you know, walking corpse essentially that's obsessed with the daughters I don't know I, I, I saw it when I was younger and I was still yeah, good and then I watched <laughs> it again last year and I was like fuck that movie's fucking awesome I yeah. should watch that again too man. Yeah. I guess I should be taking notes right now <laughs> um, another one Brian Usna did he did Silent Night Deadly Night 4 uh, uh, yeah it's that Clint Howard one yeah where he's... Clint Howard yeah the initiation and then Five is the boy maker. It's like a, Five is the one where Mickey Rooney's in it, and he's famous for quoting. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Rooney had said, uh, "Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I wish the director was here so I could punch him or something." Yeah, uh, he said something awful because he was so upset about Santa. He <laughs> used it, and then years later, he was in Number Five. Yeah, uh, which is hilarious. This makes me think of that. Simpsons episode where he's uh, <laughs> trying to get the part of Fall Out Boy at the end. Yeah. Lucky for us, we've got a perfectly good Fall Out Boy right here. <laughs> and he's like 90, you know, great stuff. Yeah, he's in, yeah, he's in that definitely. one. No, uh, what was that? They have Reggie Bannister in 4 too, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the namesake of the podcast, you must be Phantasm Enthusiast. Yeah. Phantasm 2, I think, is one of the great unheralded. It really is. Love it. I love it, that movie. It, it, it's so different from Phantasm. Yeah. And uh, I did go to a screening of it here, and Don Coscarelli was there. Yeah. He spoke about it, and he had said, someone in the audience asked a cool question that didn't really uh, occur to me. Uh, they said, do you think this movie influenced the TV show Supernatural? Huh. Um, He's like, because it's two guys driving across town in this, or across country in this vehicle mm-hmm. with this badass trunk full of all the guns. And Supernatural has something similar on it. Yeah. Uh, I had watched a few episodes, enough to, to see the similarities, but I thought that was cool. Also, Brad Pitt was almost in it. Huh. Um, and Australia was talking about how, you know, if Brad Pitt had been in it, you know. Right. Can you imagine, you know, if Brad Pitt was a bad Yeah, they tried to get Bruce Campbell in it, too. And apparently yeah, he didn't yeah. like the script that they gave him. They wasn't, I don't know, he was really weird about it or something. It's kind of interesting Strange. to read that stuff. When I, yeah. When I saw Intruder, uh, I was one of the unfortunate people that saw Intruder under the impression that Bruce Campbell was the star. Yeah. Because that's how it was marketed to me. It was like, Bruce Campbell and Ed <laughs> Raimi or whatever. Yeah. And then he's in it for like six seconds at the end. So <laughs> I think halfway through, I figured, like, this must be a mistake. Bruce Campbell must not be in this movie. Right. Or, like, if he is, he's hiding somewhere. Although that movie has some nutty kills and an intruder. Yeah, that's great. Grocery store. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> some of the kills that we are fucking nuts. So it, it did redeem itself, but the whole time I was like, where the fuck is Bruce Campbell? I think he's like top build on the on the DVD package. Yeah, um, you know how they do that. That 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 movie Trick or Treat. 
not the one with Sam from the 2000s, but the 80s one with the, uh, the really good metal one, record or whatever. With Ozzy and you know, Gene Simmons. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the DVD cover, and it's just pictures of Ozzy and Gene Simmons. And and Gene Simmons is, so is in it more than Ozzy is, you know, because way yeah, way more. Ozzy's yeah, because like like he's like uh, this jockey, you know. When, yeah, he's the guy that, that that gives the kid the LP. Yeah, no play or whatever. That I forget the character name. It's I think it was loosely based on uh, Sammy Wasp. Kerr. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I think it was I think it was supposed to be Wasp. I just actually Luke from the band Superstition mm-hmm. played me the first Wasp record when we were on tour. I never listened to it. I think I just assumed it was it was not going to be my thing because I thought it was some hair metal stuff. But that first Wasp record is freaking awesome, man. No, Wasp is metal Great. as fuck. Like they're just really yeah. good. You know, crazy. <laughs> their and first three we, albums are fucking awesome. Like they're just yeah. Really I got I'm only listening to the first two. I got also the third one. And then when we were on tour recently with uh, a feather and bone and ritual necromancy, Kevin yeah. from Ritual Necromancy also plays a wear goat. And I was talking <laughs> about how good that wasp wasp record is, and he was like, "Yeah, we actually cover fuck like a beast." <laughs> That's amazing. Like, Damn, <laughs> so sick. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, good record. But yeah, I like Trick or Treat the movie. It's uh, again, it's been a while since I've seen that. But I just think about that DVD cover where it's Ozzy and Gene. I was like, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> not in the movie long. Yeah, and, and you know the the guy that actually plays Sammy Kerr. I mean, I, you know, he was a dancer for uh, you know a long time dancer for Michael Jackson. But I guess he never yeah. really acted in much. So I mean, I guess that wouldn't have really. Um, yeah, like as a grab, but I mean, it's still pretty cool, you know. You yeah, know. he's good in it. Like he's he's pretty uh he's he's entertaining for sure. It's like the you know the villainous evil singer guy. Like yeah. the, I don't know, it, it worked for me when I saw it. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I like the, the elements to it. You know, it's like a metal horror movie, but you know. It's almost loosely, it's just straight up just like a good movie in general, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is good. It is good. It's, it's one I avoided for a long time based on the videotape cover. I just <laughs> thought it would be really cool. I thought it would be really corny. Yeah. I liked, you know, I liked rock music, but I was like, ah, oh, some horror movie. Try to, like, I think I had seen Rock and Roll Nightmare, which is another oh, Canadian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, that one's you fun, know, is, Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's terrible, but it's awesome. Yeah. It played here in theaters when we were on tour, actually, and I missed it. Yeah. Um, and, and Steve, actually, was the guy who showed me Black Roses, the bass player in Twofold. He loves Black Roses. Yeah. Um, that's much better movie than Rock and Roll Nightmare, but uh, those movies are so ridiculous. They're both <laughs> Canadian films as well, so. Right. You know, cause, uh, I think that's why I watched Rock and Roll Nightmare initially, because it was like <laughs> something. Canadian thing. I was going to check these Canadian horror films. That was one of them. <laughs> no, for, I was not super impressed. <laughs> in Canada, what's like the number one like that people are like, this is the the horror movie that you know of? The, the most like Canadian horror film? As far as like uh, what Canada sees as like the number one, like yeah, like basically you know filmed in Canada, it's like a Canadian horror movie. Mm-hmm. Probably video girl. Yeah, because because the, the the connection with that is uh, the Civic TV thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's at Toronto. Yeah, uh, the, the it's actually based on something we have here called City TV. Mm-hmm. And at night, City TV would do these like I think they were called like the Blue Light Special or something, where they play like softcore pornography. Yeah, um, 
and that was where Cronenberg got the idea where he was like wouldn't it be interesting to play these like these sexual snuff films at yeah. night you know and it's these things that people are watching and they don't even realize what they're watching they're watching mm. this reality that's being sold to them as this like you know fictional thing but it blurs the line yeah. um, and there's some like you can, there's still a couple locations in uh, in Toronto that you can visit from Videodrome but a lot of them are gone yeah. uh, a couple from the fly too but the, the Videodrome's probably the most like I would say like Canadian horror film yeah. that I can th- and, my, and for me my bloody Valentine because they are in Cape Breton drinking Moosehead beer which is from New Brunswick yeah. uh, which is right beside Nova Scotia so that's got a real Canadian feel to it yeah it's um, a great movie too oh man I think that movie is so awesome like I just love it it's so great I didn't love the remake but I didn't hate it either it, yeah. was, it was okay. It's kind of made for um, 3D, so they did a lot of shit just to make it a 3D scene. So it was kind of weird yeah, to watch it when true. it's not 3D, you know. But yeah, yeah, that, you know, it's always a, it's always a bit of a stretch. Yeah. There's another Canadian horror film that I remember seeing when I was younger and knowing it was Canadian, Ginger Snaps, which is really love good. that movie. It's so good. It's very good. And then the editor from a few years ago was also Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, the editor. And then. Yeah, Black Christmas as well. And Black Christmas uses the uh, University of Toronto is in the start of the film, and then it's, yeah, there's just a house at Bathurst and St. Clair, an intersection here from the yeah. film. Um, so I guess those, those are the only ones that really jump out at me. Pretty much any Cronenberg stuff is filmed in Toronto. Of course. Um, uh, Rabbit's filmed in Montreal, or like Quebec mainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say probably Videodrome is the one because I think they, I don't, they don't do a very, they don't try to uh, camouflage the uh, location. You know, a lot of things are filmed in Canada and they try and say, oh, it's New York or right. this is Chicago or whatever. And that one is just, you, you know, it's Canadian. Yeah. Um, the Gate, the Gate is Canadian too. Yeah, uh, I love that movie. Another film that I, I really love. I know that one is Canadian. It's awesome. And there's a really weird one. What the fuck is it called? I saw it just last year for the first time. And because it was Canadian, I wanted to see it. Uh, Ritual. Hmm. You know this movie? I haven't seen that. It's, uh, it's weird, man. I recommend it. It's kind of like, it's like, it reminded me of Deliverance a lot. Yeah? That's um, like a backwards thing. Yeah, it's about, a, it's about a bunch of doctors on a camping trip. Uh, and, uh, they are uh, being hunted by, you know, some stuff. But it was it was weird. I wasn't. I, I liked it. It was cool, but uh, definitely different. Uh, uh, yeah, I had wanted to see that just because it was Canadian. I think it's from like nineteen seventy nine or something. Yeah, Turk is Canadian too. That played here. That played in theaters when I was I was away. But they had like a showing of curtains and I watched that for the first time a year or two ago too and that was awesome really creepy that oh, yeah. mask is awful it is oh. fucking nuts it's like that old lady that mask. scene that, that ice skating scene is, yeah <laughs> Jesus that's the iconic Man, one the most that iconic how scary that would be oh yeah it's, yeah, it's spooky stuff so yeah, man, probably drone. Any Cronenberg stuff, video drone. One of the Canadian things I, I grew up with watching was, uh, you know, I'm from New York, but, like, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark was, you know, Canadian. Oh, dude. Are You Afraid of the Dark? There's, there's still Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes that are, like, 
burn into my memory. The yeah. tale of the ghastly grinner. Do you remember that yep, one? Yep. The clown? Oh, yeah. The kids are like getting scared and then they're laughing and they're puking up that green stuff. Yeah. And then the laughing in the dark is the one with that's the, the best one. Yeah. It feels the note. Oh, fuck, man. That's a good that's so an awesome. amazing episode of TV and it's like 22 minutes like yeah. maybe 23 minutes like they do so much with so little <clears throat> there's also one I forget the name of it but it's like a ghost inside of a swimming pool yeah um, I remember that one yeah they, when they find, they pour a chemical in and mm-hmm. they finally see it and it's this gory looking disgusting thing that comes out it's really scary for like <laughs> children television they used to have this thing in Canada on YTV which is like our kids channel uh, yeah and uh they would have like Fright Night or something like once a year and they should like three new Are You Afraid of the Dark and three new Goosebumps or something and I remember like being so hyped for those <laughs> my parents would let my parents would let me watch them um but yeah a couple of those man that's a great show and I think they brought it back recently, but I think it's telling like one serial story the whole time. I think yeah, they did some kind of like a, a movie, like a movie event thing where they remade like an episode. It, it looked pretty cool though, actually, for what it was. I mean, just to bring back the title of it and have the Minute yeah, Society. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, especially if it gets people to watch the old one too, right? Because yeah. it's like that's great stuff. It's funny what passes for children's entertainment. 20 years ago versus now though because I feel like you couldn't get away with a lot of this stuff now like I yeah. was 10 years old watching Are You Afraid of the Dark oh that swimming pool episode is called <laughs> The Tale of the Dead Man's Float I had to look okay. it up um, yeah that that one's fucking cool I need to find a way to watch those again not sure if they're on any sort of streaming service here in Canada um, they might I'll be on Amazon Video if I'm not mistaken mm, yeah I'm pretty I sure they I, were I'd like to have on like Blu-ray. Yeah, um, they might exist in Canada. I don't know about here. I don't think they do. Maybe yet. they're on maybe. DVD here, but yeah, I think Amazon yeah. Video might have them or something else. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I think Amazon Video has another show that I loved as a kid: the uh, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Oh wow, with uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, from, from TNG. Yeah. yeah, I was a huge, huge Star oh, right. Trek yeah. club with a bunch of forty-year-olds when I was ten. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was like me, my other friend, and then like 10, 40-year-olds, and we would meet at the YMCA, and uh, we, I would just take my, oh, I was obsessed, I was obsessed, so when I saw Jonathan Frakes on Beyond Belief, it was combining two things I love, like a Star Trek actor, and, you know, spooky stuff, like yeah. that's a little Ouija board that scared the shit out of me, still kind of scared me, yeah. but I know that's on Amazon, I should try and find a way to check that out, I would like to watch those episodes again. Amazing. Great memes of Jonathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, Lately, they've uh, been bringing it back. It's kind of cool because it's getting attention because I used to watch that show and now people are yeah. sharing the meme and they're like, what's that show? It's like, dude, that's beyond belief. They're like, oh man, I got to watch that's, that. Yeah. Now. You know. And it was funny because as a kid, I would be so invested. I would have a little notepad. Yeah. And I would like write down which ones I thought were fact and which ones I thought were fiction. <laughs> and yeah. I, was always, I was always wrong. You yeah. know, as a kid, I was like, there's no way that's true. Yeah. And then John Frakes at the end would be like, uh, oh, and the haunted airplane? That's true. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> no way! Like, what the fuck, Yeah, that's a awesome show. Because I watched that around the same time. I was, I was, for some reason, I was really obsessed with America's Most Wanted. I would watch that on shit, yeah. Saturday night. <laughs> Maybe because it was, it was, it, America's Most Wanted was scary. Because they had those creepy reenactments. Yeah. And then they would 
then they would tell you, they'd be like, this creep, you know, killed these two little kids. And you'd be like, that's horrible. And then it'd be like, he's still on the loose. Yeah. So if you have any leads, please it. call. And you're like, yeah. oh. And I was like, the idea that these people are just over-rotting around the streets ready to murder again. I was like kind of arrested to, to the television, you know, very like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it would age very well, but in my, you know, pre-teens, I was a real big fan of America's Most Wanted. I wanted the shirt so bad that they wouldn't ship it to Canada. Yeah. It was like, you could like call in and order a shirt, but they would, you know, they wouldn't send it to me. I bet that shirt would be awesome to have now, though. Oh, fuck yeah. Too bad. Too bad. Super cult, you know. <laughs> it would be pretty like cult. To, yeah, I'd love to play a show <laughs> where to go. Actually, America's Most Wanted, it's got too much too many cops yeah right you know fuck cops yeah <laughs> you get that yeah, attention no. like dude what <laughs> it's like dude yeah, the show was I'm rad good. yeah I'm actually a big fan of law enforcement <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want yeah. that attention you know. no thanks yeah but as a kid it was pretty cool so the show's cool whatever. you know it's like dude yeah, it's just about cool. the show <laughs> imagine being like an actor or a writer doing the reenactments every week yeah because they're so low budget and mm. they're so crazy that must have been an insane job to be yeah. like a cameraman or a writer on these creepy reenactments where you have to reenact a family being murdered in their house or whatever or thrown in like um, a garbage can in the garage or you know yeah you have like a date <laughs> yeah. that would be totally nuts I think that guy can tell some stories yep yep that's good shit well dude this has been a lot of fun talking to you and uh had a great yeah, time. Yeah, great time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. This has been awesome. And uh, Planetary Clairvoyance, if you guys don't have it from Tomb Old, uh, it's been out for a while, so you should probably pick that up, catch these guys at a show, uh, buy some of their sick-ass merch, and uh, continue to support. And, man, I'm uh, happy for your continued success, and hopefully you guys just keep on going. And, uh, you know, what what's uh, next for Tomb Old? Do you guys have anything coming up? Uh, we have a show. We're playing Hostel Fest in December okay. in New York City. Um, and then we're not doing much. We're playing Migration Fest in Pittsburgh in August. And that's the only we have right now. But we might have one or two more things next year. But, I mean, there were three full-length albums in three years. So I think we're going to take a year off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we might do a show or two. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But... Uh, yeah, nothing too. This year was pretty pretty heavy duty for us, so I'm uh, I think we're all a little a little burnt out. But yeah, you know, we all have like jobs outside of the band too. So it was, right. uh, it was coming back from Europe and going right back to work was a real butt kicker <laughs> for all, I think most, most of us. So you're like now I'm in yeah. this fucking reality again. Damn it! Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I came back just an insane amount of work. And Max actually stayed in Europe. Max plays. Uh, oh wow. He he does music under the name Death Neil. He plays like uh, power electronics or noise or I guess a lot of it's very ambient sounding. Now I don't want to pigeonhole him into one right. genre, but he stayed for a while and uh, did some more stuff. He had a real real long trip. He's actually just coming back now, so he was there for couple months oh wow but now he'll he'll be back to the grind i'm sure <laughs> yeah. A, a rude awakening. yeah yeah to the real but, thing but yeah dude it's uh been awesome thank you for your time we talked for almost two hours that's so pretty neat so uh okay know, cool talking about horror and uh you know it's Music. just had a lot of fun you know and, and i'm glad yeah, that, yeah it was good you know you guys get good, your, play your shows get your break and uh 
we look forward to what's to come next. Cool, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. It was uh, fun. I don't usually do these interview things myself, but Derek was like, oh, Grayson, he wants to talk about horror. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, like, I like talking about metal, too, but, like, horror is, I don't know. I feel like I certainly know more about that, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I'm always down. Always down the chat. Yeah, uh, I had a blast, and uh, yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks. This has been awesome. <laughs>